It's Thursday. That means it's time for Locked on NFL Crossover Thursdays. Truth be told, this is one of the more fun ones that we do. Uh, Brian Peacock, Locked on 49ers. Eric Crocker, the new co-host of Locked on 49ers. Alex Lancey, Bobrock. It's an NFC West mashup. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, oh man, oh man, what a game we have on Sunday when the San Francisco 49ers visit the <clears throat> undefeated Arizona Cardinals. Alex Clancy Bobrock locked on Cardinals. Brian Peacock, Eric Crocker locked on 49ers. Thank you for making Locked On Crossover Thursday your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcasts. Locked On NFL, Locked On 49ers, Locked On Cardinals. Thank you to everybody who listens, watches. Um, we appreciate it, man. Brian Peacock, we've been doing this for years now. Is this the fourth year we've been doing this together? Uh, it is. Twice and a year. Did I not just see you in the in the company-wide email that it is your fourth anniversary this week, right? Yeah, man. I mean, it's been wild. Thank you. I mean, it's just been, and I both, this will be his third coming up here pretty soon. Um, it's been wild. And what a game on Sunday. But let's. It's been an interesting path for both teams getting up to this point. Brian Peacock, Eric Crocker. The San Francisco 49ers have had an interesting season so far. The Trey Lance infusion, the Jimmy Garoppolo now injury, Kyle Shanahan and his big-ass you know, flat-brim hat and his Yeezys. There's a lot to unpack here. Um, <laughs> tell us how you got to where you are right now covering a 2-2 two and two San Francisco 49ers team. Crocker, go ahead. We don't know how we got here. <laughs> I think, you know, the weird thing with what's going on right now is that the thing that we thought would carry the 49ers, which would be the offense, has actually been the thing kind of holding the 49ers back. Now, we did have a tough loss to uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers who drove down and kicked their game-winning field goal with 37 seconds left and no timeouts. But aside from that, man, it's just been really weird. And it's kind of the weird vibes are coming from the offensive side of football. You know, we haven't necessarily ruled out seeing Jimmy G in this game on Sunday. Which quarterback gives this team the best chance to win? It's really hard because the 49ers need the best version of either quarterback. And I don't know if that option exists today, right now, week five. Because if Jimmy plays, is it uh, an injured version of Jimmy Garoppolo? which is worse than Jimmy W as Croc and I have been calling him on the podcast because he's, he's better than Jimmy G's Jimmy W they win games when he's at quarterback, but you know, a, a 90% Jimmy Garoppolo is, is Trey Lance maybe better, but is he even there yet? Because he was a disaster for a few throws on Sunday. And I think there's going to be a lot of growing pains there with him. We've seen the growing pains that rookie quarterbacks have gone through this year, but they've kind of come out of it after a few weeks. So I think it's a tough situation to be in. It's a tough decision for Kyle Shanahan this week. Does he sit a Jimmy Garoppolo who doesn't practice all week but can go but is not 100%? Or, and does he go with the rookie? Or does he go with Jimmy no matter what if he's able to play? And it seems like, if I had to guess, 
and um, and Croc might have some different thoughts on this, but I think if Jimmy can go, it's going to be Jimmy, and we're not going to see a lot of the rookie and Trey Lance, but I think if you're looking at the upside of this team, it's Trey Lance playing well is what gives this team the best shot at being a great football team. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, and we joke, and, you know, we joke on Twitter. We joke about, you know, being in interdivision rivals, but Alex Nancy Barber locked on Cardinals, Brian Peacock, Eric Crocker locked on 49ers, uh, locked on crossover Thursday here. Um, you never wish injury on anybody, on any player, whether it be your favorite team or otherwise. The litany of injuries specifically with the running back room, just – it's not fair. You know, and listen, I'm jumping as a 49er fan, as somebody who covers the 49ers – Every year when the season starts, you are set up with a litany of running backs. A litany of running backs plus a run scheme that's rivaled by all, but, you know, replicated by few in the NFL. When you run well, look at what happened on your way to the Super Bowl. Raheem Mostert, NFC Championship game, made Aaron Rodgers look like me, you know? And when you have those injuries, Raheem Mostert out for the year, Trey Sermon hasn't, it seems like at this point, hasn't really lived up to what they thought he could potentially be to step in out of Ohio State. I think they drafted him in the third round. You know, you have Jermichael Hasty and Elijah, whoever, and like all the things. How much of a detriment is not having one guy you can trust from the running back room game in and game out for the 49ers? I, I actually think it's the running backs, they're kind of plug and play for the most part. Now, obviously, losing Raheem Mostert, that's big because he's a threat to score anytime he touches the ball, which Arizona saw that week one 2020 season where he just outran everybody to the end zone. The bigger issue has been how defenses have started to kind of condense the 49ers offense and crowd the box. And really the 49ers, up until Trey Lance got in the game, hadn't had a whole lot of success running the ball. Finally, Trey Lance gets in. The threat of him keeping the ball kind of made it to where defensive players couldn't crash down. And next thing you know, Trey Sermon starts ripping off 15-yard runs, 12-yard runs, 8-yard runs. I'm curious to see if Trey Lance actually gets a start. Will that continue? Because I do think that was the bigger thing that was kind of slowing up the offense. This is an interesting matchup. I mean, uh, out of all the NFC West showdowns, I really feel like this is one of those ones like college football, the rivalry cliche, you can throw the records out. And in 2018, we we both wanted to throw the records out. Nobody wanted <laughs> to mention that the, what those teams were when when lost. But uh, I kind of get that feeling. And it's interesting. I was looking at you know Kyle Shanahan through two years, Cliff Kingsbury through two years, pretty similar. Kyle Shanahan, I think, had 10 wins. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury just had about, uh, I think it was 13 at that point. He's two and he's 4-0 now. Kyle Shanahan obviously had a lot of success in his third season. Do you guys see a lot of similarities at all between, you know, that 2019 team and maybe this Cardinals team, or am I way off there? They might go to a similar barber. <laughs> I don't know one of them's got to fly quite a bit for as often as it seems like they get their hair cut. Right. Um, <laughs> I there's some similarities, yeah, for sure. An offensive guy, you know, that that has some trouble, rebuilds a roster, and then builds a pretty strong team and a, and a contender. And I think the Cardinals absolutely are after a four zero start. And you look at all the talent on the roster; they have to be considered a Super Bowl contender this year. And the NFC West is just ridiculous right now. And I think any four of these teams would cruise to you know, an AFC South title, for example, and, and even the NFC East would be a lot easier path into the playoffs. And it's going to be for some team in the NFC West that probably deserves to be a playoff team, but might not get there. Um, 
And I think there, you mentioned that there's some element of throwing the records out. And I think that's part of what's going to happen. And I almost believe in just the chaos of this league and the chaos of when you think you know something in the NFL, it turns out you don't know it. And I, and I feel like the 49ers beating the Cardinals this week will be part of that. And it'll just screw up everybody's power rankings, just like the Cardinals being the Rams did last week. And then obviously uh, Thursday night football, we've got, the the Rams and the Seahawks going at it too. So and then on Sunday night football, you've got the maybe one and two in a lot of people's power rankings. If it's not the Cardinals and it's not the Rams, then it's probably Bills and maybe Kansas City Chiefs. You know, Bucks probably in there, but uh, it's it's really crazy. It's going to be really hard to try to figure out if you know a team or not. And I think we're still learning about the 49ers. And I think we have learned through four weeks, and it was a statement game for the Cardinals that they're for real. And uh, maybe, maybe, just maybe, Cliff Kingsbury can coach a football team, and it's starting to look that way right now. Did you just – um, Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Crock. I was going to say, year three of the rebuild, and, and I think that's the big comparison there between the 2019 49ers and this version of the Arizona Cardinals. Kingsbury has had a chance now to kind of build and establish an identity, the culture, get the guys in there that he feels is going to give him the best chance and then also develop those guys. And maybe Kyler Murray taking another step in leadership has helped this uh, team and offense as well. They're kind of rallying behind that. So that was the, probably the big difference with the 49ers. They started to get more stability, you know, play from the quarterback position. Seems like the Cardinals are getting that and some from the rest of the team. Alex Lanty, Balbrock, Locked on Cardinals. Brian Peacock, Eric Crocker, Locked on 49ers. Kyler Murray would have hit that pass to Emmanuel Sanders. Coming up next, wow. <laughs> it's their turn to ask us. So what we do, if, if you haven't if you haven't had uh, the pleasure of joining a, a Locked on NFL crossover Thursday, um, what we do is we kind of say, what's up, guys? First segment, second segment. We're going to have one team firing squad the other, and then vice versa in the third Brian and Eric are going to ask Bo and myself questions, all things you need to know from a 49ers perspective regarding the Arizona Cardinals coming up next. First, rockauto.com. I don't know about Croc and Brian Peacock, but Bo and I know nothing about cars, and that's why rockauto.com is so important for us. Um, I get embarrassed going to a chain storefront because I'm 38 years old. I'm a man. And I don't know how to change my tire. True story. With every increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for you to go to your local auto store for them to have everything in stock that you need. That's why rockauto.com's got you covered. You're not going to get upcharged. You can do it from the comfort of your own home in your basketball shorts if you so desire. And all you do is rockauto.com. Type in uh, tail lamps and then make a model and then color and then it's at your door in two days. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business. They've been online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. That was a hell of a live read right there. Tell you what, Alex Lancy Bobrock, locked on Cardinals. Thank you for making, I guess, a tie for first. Locked on Cardinals and locked on 49ers, your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We are not behind a paywall. That's why we do live reads. That's why we have commercials. But everything is free and open for anybody on any platform, YouTube or otherwise. Uh, so thanks for listening. We appreciate it. It's been a hell of a journey. Peacock and I, four years. Crocker just started. Really happy that you're a board man and Bo's been with me for about three years. Did you ever think that it would happen? Like that it would be like this when you started, Brian? 
<laughs> no. Like this yeah, big, yeah. this exciting, this many great hosts. <laughs> it's wow. amazing. Yeah. But yeah. The, the, there's enough, uh, you know, there's enough listenership. There's enough revenue. There's, you know, we're on YouTube now. And by the way, Locked On 49ers can be joining you probably very soon here on YouTube. We're a little bit later than some of the other shows getting on YouTube. Uh, but you can't find Crocker on Croc Talk TV. I got to throw that out there. Uh, he's up there all the time and, and talking about everything involving the NFL and sometimes the 49ers. But yeah, it's, it's been pretty amazing. It's going to be year five for me coming up pretty soon here. And I, I started about the same time Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch were, were hired with the 49ers. So their entire tenure has been my entire tenure here with Locked On 49ers. And it's been awesome to see this whole network grow and, and see uh, the, the shows grow and Alex see you grow as a host because it was rough at first. <laughs> you try and you try uh, to talk about a three and 13 team five days a week um well that's what i had Bo. no that's true so listen i know that it and first of all really quick because i know you're gonna ask us some questions brian and eric i know that brian peacock put the cardinals at number one on their on their power rankings for the lockdown podcast network just so you could say that if the 49ers beat them mm-hmm. that you you know had the cardinals at the number one power ranking true or untrue don't you lie to me so we could watch how far the Cardinals tumble from number one on God, my. See, I knew there was something. Rankings. I knew there was how something. Better it looks the 49ers resume looks, you know, when they beat the number one team and jump back up there. But there's a there's a good argument for a lot of teams. Uh, and and my first question to you guys, and we kind of touched on it a little bit there with Cliff Kingsbury, because you mentioned um, how you know year three kind of coming together for Cliff and the Cardinals, just like it did for the 49ers in Kyle Shanahan's year three, but there's a lot of development and growth on the roster, but along with the coach, right? What have you seen with Cliff Kingsbury? How has he changed? Has he learned some things from his first two years and all those losses piling up that he's, he's applying in year three? Yeah, no doubt about it. We've seen uh, the maturation of the head coach and it's taking a step in the right direction, trending in the right direction. And it comes with, there's a ton of variables that go into that. And, and you guys know that from your own experience from following the John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, uh, regime i guess i should say but uh, cliff kingsbury he's finally got his pieces in place he's got the type of players that he can excel with as a play caller and uh through four games he's been really really good i mean he's been the cliff kingsbury that a lot of people talk up and, and are optimistic about we haven't seen the cliff kingsbury that people are very skeptical about that maybe can't close out games. You guys know about that. An offensive player caller who struggles to maybe put games away, uh, maybe shies away from the run game when they need to maybe shorten the, you know, take the air out of the football. But Cliff Kingsbury has been really fantastic. And I said before the season that I felt the jury was still out on Cliff and that he needs to prove in year three that he belongs at the NFL level. But patience needed to be preached for a long time. If you're going to take a college coach who was fired by from his alma mater, at 35 and 40, and you're going to hire him as your head coach, there's got to be patience. And luckily, he's made it to year three, and I think it's paying off huge for the Arizona Cardinals. Now, is the, he's got to show that when the league finally in, in it inevitably does, catches up with your offense and your game plan, that he can play that game of chess and, and make a strategic move back. And we'll see if it happens Sunday. I, I, I'm confident. I think I'm a little bit more confident this week because there's no Robert Sala on the other side of the sidelines. But, you know, we'll see what D'Amico Ryans throws at him and, and what uh, what the next move is for Cliff. But through four games, fantastic. I, I do want to ask because I think it was, I don't want to say a head scratcher, but everybody was kind of curious how this would work out. But A.J. Green, as a receiver, you know, he's been coming off of some injury-riddled seasons and 49ers in the secondary. He's kind of up and down. And they're still trying to find their way. Emmanuel Mosley, is he for real? He's played well. 
Um, they've been kind of doing patchwork on the opposite side with Drake Kirkpatrick, Josh Norman, Diamond Lenore, who's a rookie and obviously lost uh, Jason Verrett for the season. How has A.J. Green been playing, and where are they lining him up? If I could hug one player on the Arizona Cardinals, it'd be A.J. Green. And I think a lot of it has to do with my history with him. We're the perfect age. We saw A.J. Green grow up in the NFL. You know, coming out of Georgia, 6-4, went to a bad franchise. They made the playoffs every year with Andy Dalton, and they never won a game. You could probably um, – uh, what was the guy's name out of ASU that, that cost them a game? That's perfect. Yeah, Vontaze Burry, the costume of game, taking off Antonio Brown's head. Uh, yeah. But A.J. Green has a floor that's higher than most players in the NFL. Sure, he's a little bit older, but he comes in with grace and does things easily that a lot of NFL players just can't do. And I think I was on A.J. Green signing with the Cardinals 100% immediately when I saw it. One year, six mil, upwards of eight. It was a Larry Fitzgerald contract potentially that was given to A.J. Green for a guy that has more juice than that. He's four years younger than Larry Fitzgerald. He's 6'4". He plays on the outside. But most importantly, Croc, when, when you ask where, where they line him up, he's the perfect bookend to DeAndre Hopkins. So he keeps the defense honest on the outside, which allows Christian Kirk and then now Rondell Moore, after they drafted him, to run wild, rough shot in between the tackles, in the slot, and just make safety's jobs messes. And then you also have to look at him. A.J. Green can run every route in the book. He still can catch everything, and he's 6'4". Those are certain things you just can't teach regardless of age. So I think that was, outside from Rodney Hudson, the biggest offseason acquisition for the offense for the Cardinals. I can't believe you talked for like five minutes there, and you didn't mention what Kyler Murray feels about A.J. Green, Alex Clancy. He thinks that A.J. Green is a demon. And that's how that's that's actually how Kyler Murray compliments people. He says he said the first time he worked out with AJ Green is he's a demon. He's out there, he looks spry, he's running routes like he's 5'10, but he's 6'4, close to 6'5, and he's just an absolute weapon for this offense, even in maybe a decoy role. If he's playing that outside, as Alex mentioned, he opens up things for guys underneath and that you can kind of move around and Rondell Moore and Christian Kirk, who are shiftier. And it's just dangerous. It's just a lot of weapons, an embarrassment of riches right now for Kyler Murray. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. While you were talking, I sort of thought about the idea of basketball on grass and spreading it out and and all the different pieces that the Cardinals have on offense. And you got the point guard in, in Kyler Murray, and he's kind of like the Allen Iverson of the, of the new NFL, right? And you have Robinson, who doesn't have to be the main guy anymore, like the the Spurs used to have if we're talking basketball so it's almost like a, a a Duncan and Robinson situation with Hopkins and Green there pulling down rebounds you know being the the big guys and then Rondell Moore's like Spud Webb winning the dunk contest you know just fun to watch he's too small but he's still you know awesome and amazing and uh Christian Kirk I guess is your small forward I don't know I don't know who he compares to uh but um it, it's 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 a fun group and and really complimentary pieces for for Kyler Murray to throw to and for Cliff Kingsbury to coach up. And I imagine that makes it pretty darn difficult for teams to defend. Well, I mean, for you guys in the Bay area, I mean, it's, it's a lot like the four guard sets that the Warriors run. I mean, you got more chef Curry is, as far as, yeah. uh, as far as Kyler Murray goes, and then maybe Deandre Hopkins, Clay Thompson, and then AJ Green's kind of your rim protector rebounder. The one guy out there, the five, uh, as far as their wide receivers and your quarterback goes. So it's, I think it's, it's, it's a great comparison. Or analogy. Absolutely. And the offensive line doing its job. I know when we talked in the offseason 
um, you guys kind of scolded me a little bit because I wasn't sure about the offensive line. And obviously, I think Roddy Hudson is a huge move for the Cardinals, but they've been good up front, right? Yeah, I mean, it's the A gap was the issue. It, it was it was the guards that was the issue, uh, not only for run blocking but pass blocking. And Rodney Hudson, you haven't heard a peep about him, unless it was you know it's it's people inter- being interviewed and stuff. Haven't heard a peep about him. That means he's doing the best job that Cardinals have seen from the center position in a long time. Even with Mike Ayupati there, you know, even with guys in the past. And what he does is he's the spine. That's what I call this. You know, the 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 center. He's the spine, and you have Kelvin Beach and DJ Humphreys who have been surprises in their own right on the outside. And Josh Jones. But what was this? That Josh Jones has this ridiculous ranking on the right side of the line, whether it be guard or tackle. The tackle uh, after like the second or third play of last week's game when they put a tight end over there to help him chip a linebacker. Do you know what that stat was? Yeah, block block win rate. He's leading. yeah. I mean, he's top three or he's leading. Like it's. It, it, but it does all start with Rodney Hudson, you know, and the fact that they traded a third round pick for him instead of just, you know, uh, trying to outbid the rest of the NFL, which wouldn't have worked because they wouldn't have signed him. Uh, the fact that Steve Kime went out and said, you know what? Don't void his contract. We'll take it. Restructured, extended it. He's going to be a Cardinal for a couple more years past this season. Uh, it was a beautiful move. Now it's time. Coming up next, we're going to flip it. We're going to ask about what the San Francisco 49ers defense specifically is going to do to stop the most potent offense points per game or top two in the NFL through four weeks. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, Locked On Cardinals. Brian Peacock, Eric Crocker, Locked On 49ers on a crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Bo? And we're back and better than ever. All eyes on the gridiron football in full swing. Week five, already upon us. Unbelievable college pro football, and there's all the action you can, you can your little heart, desires it's betonline.ag betonline is always the number one spot for pro and college football action this season looking at the spread for the niners the cardinals five and a half cardinals five and a half point favorites at home gonna protect the nest head over the website if you feel it if you feel that ready go on your cell phone sign up today receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive that bonus from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of this. All the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, final segment here. Crossover Thursday. Alex Clancy, Bullbrock, locked on Cardinals. Brian Peacock, Eric Crocker, locked on 49ers. We had, or they had their turn. We have ours. Bo, what's the biggest question you have? For Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker, the Lockdown 49ers ahead of Sunday's afternoon matchup at State Farm Stadium. Yeah, we kind of know everybody's heard a lot, and I'm sure you guys talk on a daily basis about this quarterback situation. We already heard a little bit about it, but you know, I think it's similar to the Arizona Cardinals on defense, where there's some questions in the secondary, but that front seven going into the season, it was like this front seven has to be special for this to all to work. Where is it right now, four weeks into the season? I, th- I think the front is is good. Now, you do have a guy, Nick Bosa and D4, both guys who were done for the year by halftime of week two last year, right? Neither one of those guys had a real offseason. Neither one of those guys had any OTAs, training camp, or preseason games. So it feels like they've been using the first you know quarter of this season to really get their feet underneath themselves. Now, last, last week, at least in the first five possessions for Seattle, it looked like it was all coming together. Everybody was getting sacks. 49ers have five straight 
forced five straight three and outs. But then as the game kind of went on, the offense was a little bit lackadaisical. Defense was on the field a little too much. And they started to let up just a little bit. Overall, I think they have played fine in spurts, but they haven't been consistent over an entire game. You know, uh, one of the biggest surprises was the DeForest Buckner trade on draft day for the 13th overall pick. I think it was on draft day uh, for the 13th overall pick, which turned into Javon Kinlaw, big, big Mahler defensive tackle. What did you think about that trade then? And what do you think about that trade now? It, it was, it was during free agency is when that trade went. Okay. It, it was earlier than the draft. And uh, I think John Lynch's bluff got called a little bit with that by the Colts because they didn't have to make a move there. And they were talking, um, contract with DeForest Buckner going into his fifth year option year. And I think they were a little bit apart in money. And John Lynch told his agent, look, if you think you can really get that money on the open market, then bring me back a first round pick. And you better bring me back a first round pick if you think you can get that. And he did. And I was kind of surprised, like, wow, okay. So that's a lot of money for an interior defensive lineman, $22 million a year. And you get a first round pick. And it's not like pick 28, it's pick 13. Like that's that's a pretty good deal. So I understood why the 49ers would take that deal. Looking back, it's not great because it's hard to find really good impact players. And the 49ers didn't have to make a move then. And the thing I didn't like most about that move is that they just replaced a D tackle for a D tackle. And right. I thought the opportunity to move Eric Armstead inside more full time and then, you know, maybe spend some resources on the outside wide receiver, make some other positions better, even if you take a small step back on the uh, on the D line because if you use that first round pick you know you're still taking a step back you don't know what you're going to get with a rookie and so what are you really gaining if you're just utilizing that pick and then you're spending the money on Eric Armstead anyway and maybe paying him a little bit more than than he might be able to get on the open market so when you looked at it that way in the full move combined with the pick I didn't love it and I wasn't really in love with Kinlaw I liked him as a prospect but I, I thought there was other better players on the board when the 49ers chose so it was a shrewd move by the 49ers at the time. I understood the thought process. They did get a lot for him, and it was a it was a lot for a team to pay to to not only sign a free agent worth $22 million, but give a first-round pick up on top of it. Uh, it was a, that was a huge move for the Colts. So um, to be honest with you, I don't know. I think both teams may be worse because of that move. <laughs> I don't know if it had helped the Colts all that much either. Bo Brock, Alex Clancy, Brian Peacock, Eric Crocker, Big Crocky, all join us for a uh, crossover Thursday. Niners, Cardinals is going down. State Farm Stadium Sunday. All right, guys. Niners are two and two. What would be the perfect scenario for the San Francisco 49ers to upset the Arizona Cardinals at four and zero? Obviously, they're averaging four hundred forty yards of offense per game. They're leading the NFL in points per game. What's the perfect scenario to play out for the Niners come Sunday? I, I think if it's Trey Lance that's starting, just kind of start fast and get in the rhythm. I think if Trey Lance does that, if indeed he ends up starting, I think that will motivate and inspire the rest of the roster. So that's been the big thing with the defense. And we heard D4 kind of come out and say, man, you get five straight three and outs, you force five straight three and outs, and the offense really isn't scoring. It makes it a little tough on the defense. I think you come out, if you can get this young 6'4", 230-pound quarterback that has a big arm athletic mobility all that stuff if he can just come out get something started and, and and make the throws that he's supposed to complete i think the 49ers can kind of get rolling and that'll probably be 
probably the biggest thing that they would have working in their advantage. And, and there's a add, really quick. I want to add the, the, the running game aspect of Trey Lance should only help the 49ers because now you've got a, a numbers advantage and you're 11 on 11 instead of 10 on 11. And by the way, Alex, earlier, Elijah Mitchell is his name. You called him Eli, whatever. You'll know his I name. Said, I, I said Elijah. After, after <laughs> he just he said plays, Elijah, whatever. You <laughs> will know his last name. Um, because I think he's the clearly the 49ers' number one running back right now with Mostert out, and Kyle Shanahan trusts him clearly too, which is very surprising that he he very much trusts his sixth round pick over his third round pick in in Trace. A little bit more juice, yeah. but uh, I expect the Cardinals to do what every team has done so far this year against the 49ers is play very wide on the outside and try to condense that run game and force that wide zone to to not be so wide. Yeah, I didn't mean any disrespect, obviously, to uh, Elijah Mitchell. Uh, before we get out of here, so um, we'll, we'll get quick quick predictions, win-loss, but we talked about this last week with Sosa Cremendous because there was another uh, inner NFC West game happening last Sunday, obviously with the 49ers and Seahawks. Same thing tonight, Rams-Seahawks. Would you rather see the Rams win, go to 4-1 and one, and move Seattle to 2-3, and three, or have this log jam, which is what's probably going to happen, where there's two 3-2 and two teams and then, you know, whatever happens on Sunday between the Cardinals and 49ers. What would you rather see really quickly before we get out of here? Two, three, and two teams or a four and one and two and three Seahawks team? 